I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We're pretending to be ill, and it's all scripted. We shred the car. About a car a minute. thousand cars a day on a good day. Right. Hello and welcome to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable with me, Tiss. <laughs> I did it perfectly. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Tiss, it took 128 episodes, but you did a flawless <laughs> intro. Yeah. Down to business. I'm fucking well wow. dead. We got in there. Well done, Tiss. Takes me to get really You're Ill on a mission. To concentrate. Because you feel ill, you just got to get through it. Just got to get through it, yeah. I'm actually at my full yeah. potential when I'm ill. Just got to get through this. Daniel Beddingfield over there. <laughs> got to get through this. Uh, <laughs> anyway, of this course, is co-hosts. This is Bob Shoy. Yeah. And this is Beefy Beef. How's it going? We're good. Yeah. We're good. We're good. tired. We're all tired. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually dead. I went to a festival and uh, I didn't take the proper vitamins and depleted my body to the point where my immune system let its barriers down and I'm now fucking dying. So this is like a pre-warning for listeners. Tiss is ill. Uh, me and Beef are extremely tired. Yeah, uh, we're all having a long week here. So, but we we wanted to put an episode out. So let's let's power him through. If I go off on delirious rants, then uh... it's going to be high octane, high energy stuff. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> really high octane. So uh <laughs> high octane. High octane is like that's what they put on the front of a Jason Statham movie. <laughs> high octane. Put on the front of an en- energy drink. I can imagine that to be the name of a Jason Statham movie. <laughs> high octane. Starring Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Statham. <laughs> <laughs> So today, oh, what do you guys doing? think we're going to be talking about today? I have no idea. I haven't had a chance to even consider. With you, it's it's. I don't think I could ever predict what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, we're talking about suppressed inventions. Oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, do you know what? I wish I'd known we were doing this because then I would have been able to uh, shout out the person who recommended this like three years ago. God, <laughs> yeah. oh, God damn it. They're probably not listening. They Whoever the <laughs> listener is, you know you suggested this. It was like three and a half years ago. It was in our first year of, of the show. Yeah. So you may not even listen anymore. But yeah, this was a, a recommended one. It took that long to research it. But uh, it's going to be a banger. 
a barn burner. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> Barnstorming episode. Suppressed uh, inventions. Awesome. Before we uh, start, have you guys got any suppressed inventions that you've uh, spring to mind when that subject gets that raised? I've invented. Yeah. Anything that you've been suppressed on? Things that were hushed. Yeah. Um, what about the the ones that Michael and Dwight come up with in the office? <laughs> Computer on. Uh, what do you mean? Have we suppressed inventions that no, we? No. <laughs> have you guys heard of any <laughs> inventions that may have been suppressed? Anything you believe uh, has been suppressed in the realm of inventions that we should have? Well, it depends. Cure for cancer. That's exactly what I was going to say, Vee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is that too on the nose? Uh, no, uh... no, no, no. Uh, th- I mean. I don't know. Maybe. It just feels. Is that are we talking more like physical inventions or? or yeah, would you I mean anything. Medicine. Any, uh, yeah, medicine. Every, everything. Anything that's been suppressed, like which could help mankind. The eight slice toaster. <laughs> <laughs> that would just increase gluttony. That would. Yeah, no one needs that much power. <laughs> no, I, or I, toast. I, I do want it though. If anyone knows of it, uh, eight eight would be a. Tits, could you eat eight slices of toast? Be honest. Uh, what if you're hosting? <laughs> <laughs> what if you're hosting a shitload of people? <laughs> Everyone wait their turn. <laughs> yeah. All the toast will be cold. The ones at the bottom will be soggy. Uh... And I definitely, as I've got older, I've started to do like Mark from Peep Show and I, I have a savoury one and a sweet one. Oh, I do that, yeah. Brown for first course, white for pudding. Brown is savoury, white's the treat. <laughs> Of course, I'm the one who's laughing because I actually love brown toast. Probably one with one with bovril, and then yeah. like jam or marmalade. Yeah, yeah. Jam, I do like a marmite one and a honey one sometimes. Jam, jam and marmite's a golden combo. Golden. Yeah, not together. God no. Um, that that has been suppressed actually. I don't. You don't see it as or much. Jam and marmite. Yeah, I mean that's a simple, very cheap meal. Yet we don't see it in restaurants. They apply us with expensive <laughs> options <laughs> when we don't need them. Sure, <laughs> crumpet. The, cr- <laughs> the crumpet is is fine. Right. Uh, so we'll jump into the first one. Uh, have you guys ever heard of the Phoebus Cartel? The what? The Phoebus Cartel. No. Phoebus, that's a Pokemon. <laughs> Phoebus, is it really? <laughs> is it a light? Yeah. Is it a light bulb Pokemon? It's like a fish. Electric type? I uh, can't remember. I just recognised the name. Well, they've missed a trick because Phoebus uh, is the name of a cartel to do with light bulbs. Okay. Um, it's. Have you heard of planned obsolescence before? Mm, no. Is that? I'm from the name. I'm guessing it's something like. Is it like a stopgap? Invention planned obsolescence is uh, planned uh, planning to make an obsolete item that people yeah. would have to consume more and more of, ah. uh, repeat customers. So planned obsolescence is is a lot of our products actually, like iPhones. Um, mm-hmm. The average person buys a new, upgrades their phone every twenty two and a half months, I think. So that's planned yeah. obsolescence. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Of course they do. Yeah. Does that surprise you? Yeah, I haven't had a new phone for years. I'm on the same tip. I'm on four years now. But that's what people do, don't they? So they sign up to a two-year contract, 
and then you get a chance to your your chance to upgrade comes a month and a half before the contract's finished. Oh, I don't get a phone on my contract. The shit in my phone gets the less chance it is to get stolen. And and let's face it, the worst thing that can happen is your phone getting stolen. I've never had my phone stolen. I've never cracked a screen or done anything like that. Oh really? <laughs> well I've cracked Although my I screen. did drop my phone down the toilet. <laughs> I remember that. I did that to a Game Boy. Pre toilet, not post toilet. And I just put it in rice. Put it in rice. That's Ooh. what That's the classic. That's what people that's what the internet said. Just pop it in a Tupperware of rice overnight and uh it was fine, right? Right right as rain. And it worked. Yeah, fine. Right as rice. Rice dryer. Suppressed invention. Suppressed invention. Oh, yeah. So anyway, the Phoebus <laughs> cartel. <laughs> Planned obsolescence. Yeah. Um this cartel was um, around from the 1920s until about the 1930s, 40s, about World War Two. When was World War Two? When did that start? Like uh, 30s into 40s. Okay, yeah. So around that time, uh, between 24 and then. So Osram, Philips, and General Electric, uh, and the uh, French company Compagnie de Lens, mm. um, all signed a pact uh, as a cartel that basically they would manipulate the light bulb market um making their light bulbs planned uh, to be a thousand hours per lamp um fixed prices everything fixed so they controlled the light bulb business uh, they controlled how long they lasted holding back the better technology and yeah for a good few years had a global reaching cartel. Oh right. <laughs> so they controlled the um light bulb industry basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they still I mean you, you still see Osram, Philips and General Electric today. Uh, obviously they got a lot more competition I think after the world wars uh I don't know where it says it's something to do with uh the more competition the, the technology rapidly advanced after world war Two, so they couldn't mm-hmm. keep it suppressed as, yeah. uh, any longer and also uh trade between countries became a lot harder after uh during the world war uh with osram being german so it's just it was just greed basically driving the market yeah, they all basically had a pact to suppress anything better um and made filament lamps which were subpar on purpose. I imagine it pretty much happens the same now. Although LED has come in, LED still has a lifespan, I guess. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know anything about lights. I wouldn't put it past uh, LEDs to have planned ob- obsolescence built into them. Some sort of lifespan yeah. on the drivers that drive them. God, those pesky leds i just feel like that is something that is like baked into so much stuff to try and to just get that repeat business Mm. it's almost not a conspiracy it's almost just that's what people would be doing yeah that's that's the business plan but don't you think though you know how um they say that iphones that's that's why so if you keep your iphone yeah beyond your contract like people are oh my battery life seems to get um slower uh shorter and it seems that to... that's planned obsolescence that is yeah. true that is true is it or is it just that we use them so much and that they're on all the time 
I don't think maybe the battery, but like my iPhone is definitely slower. Like every every time there's an update, it slows my iPhone down. I think they admitted sure. they slowed. I think they yeah they came out and admitted they slowed them down. But is that planned or is that just that's just overused? Surely because you could say no. That they're for just a lot trying to get you frustrated, so you go. I need the new one. Look how fast that person's is. Yeah, mine is so slow. The battery uh, only it makes the new ones look faster in comparison. Basically, they upgrade to cater for the better batteries in the newer phones, so the 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 batteries beforehand can't keep up with the processing power. So they're not tailoring the experience to all users, just the higher end. Even down to the apps, like the updates on the apps, eventually like your phone can't run the latest version of that app. I so, can't run most new apps. Yeah, half the stuff on my phone I can't use anymore. I can't even check my bank balance now. My Barclays app just just updated and now I can't log into my bank details on my phone. Yeah, that's pro not updating. It's really frustrating. I've not updated to a point, but then I think when Spotify... Shut me out. I had to update <laughs> bank balance. That's pro. <laughs> the problem is, the problem is that um, you almost can't blame companies for doing it because we've become such a, a consumerist society uh, that it's you know, as a company making millions and millions, you know, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you feed that consumerism? Because that's what's keeping oh, your yeah. business alive. Oh yeah. I'm not saying it's okay, but it's... You want them to buy the newer one. You know want to keep making money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get it. I bought a new iPhone about a year ago. Um, X. But no, no, mate, I'm not that stupid. Um, <laughs> no, I just needed... <laughs> I just <laughs> need some more storage. Because uh, of all the photos. I'm not that stupid. <laughs> oh, it just... The thing is, right... Uh, Shout I'll out to you, an old iPhone X. Well, because <laughs> this is what pisses me off when you get people that buy a new iPhone. Um, and I've got an iPhone. I've got nothing. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not anti Samsung. I just have an iPhone, and I've had an iPhone for years. Um, but when the X came out, I remember speaking. To, it was like a colleague, and I was like, "So what's what's it? What can I do?" And then they showed me that that stupid thing where you can. <laughs> um, animate your face into an emoji and you're like all right that's that's a gimmick though right that's you're gonna get fed up of that by probably tomorrow i've literally not so seen someone do that there? since that came out have you not no oh, mate it's, it's I, the, I remember it's when it came out everyone was all about it and now i've not seen anyone do it but the 11s <sighs> oh, what you mean? now you've got three cameras guys yeah it's what's that talking to the phone no, the emojis can like map onto your face, so like the emojis. Oh yeah, your that's face, a total that gimmick. You know the thing that's stuck, which I, I get baffled by, is is the talking to the phone now. Yeah, everyone is like, Google, can you search this? And it's yeah, my dad does it. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I, my dad does it. Tis beef's used to that though. He walks around talking to robots around his house. The Alexa, yeah. The thing is, though, Alexa's only good if... You have to be careful uh, saying Alexa on podcasts because people listen to the podcast and it sets their machines off. Uh, oh, really? Fuck. Oh, that's funny. Alexa, search, search um, some hardcore porn. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, no, I don't know. Yeah, I guess my ho- my home is... I've got um so I've got one downstairs and then one upstairs and um 
but I I don't I don't really know why we've we've got we don't really use them. I use them for uh, just like quickly find out if it's going to rain as I leave the house. <laughs> It's <laughs> 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 amazing. Just, just to find out it's raining. <laughs> the future is now. I leave. Imagine you couldn't wait to open the door. Like, is it raining? Is it raining? It is raining, and you open the door. Yes. <laughs> No, not if it's raining right now, you moron. I know. If I'm going to go I'm out no, for a sorry. long walk. I knew, I knew what you meant, but I, I just <laughs> like just the bastardised version more. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Speaking of fucking rain, let's get back on topic, because this is the cloud buster. Okay. Right. Cloud buster topical. He's got his segues and everything, but Oh, mate, this, this is, is mental. This is a scripted episode. People think this is off the cuff. They're totally fucking Who wrong. are you and what have you done with Tiss? We, we're pretending to be ill and it's all scripted. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Wilhelm Reich escaped the Nazis. I was hoping you'd have some Nazi stuff in it. Yeah. Always, always, the Nazis are always up to inventions. Do you remember they? early in early in the um, run of the podcast, we used to talk about Adolf Hitler being the unofficial fourth member of Weird Tales? No, am I imagining that? Sounds what? Really fucking that. That sounds Mate, that is a very like, steam bears type thing. That's like an alt right type thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't remember I that. I think we're talking all. about. No, I'm thinking of. Um, it is Berenstein Bears because I'm actually thinking about Bigfoot. I'm having about Harry. Oh my god! Fucking hell! We say Harry was the fourth member. Oh, Harry and the Hendersons. Thank God. Oh, if we said Adolf Hitler was the fourth <laughs> member, what are we saying about? <laughs> what? Go and delete those old episodes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, oh Jesus, we'd already be, I mean... Yeah, yeah it was, no, it was Harry, it was Harry and the Hendersons. It, I mean, in the infinite possibility of all parallel universes, uh, we, we <laughs> that has happened, so... <laughs> right, so come on then, Tis, tell us about Cloudbuster and these crazy Nazis. Crazy okay, so Nazis. I've got, I've got a video uh, that explains it really well, as mm. always. I love those. I love those videos, you know, I can't be bothered to talk about that. Dr. Wilhelm Reich was a remarkable man. Earning a doctorate in psychiatry, he was an influential figure in the field before moving to New York to escape the Nazis. He also coined the term organ, referring to a biological energy. Soon after this, Reich began building organ accumulators which could supposedly harness the mighty power of organ to improve physical or mental health. But all of this was just a preamble for the Cloudbuster. In 1953, a severe drought swept across the United States for several months, leaving the state of Maine badly affected. So Reich decided to build a device to use Orgon to bring the rain. According to the Bangor Daily News, within hours of its use, the area had a quarter of an inch of rain, despite none being forecast. Eventually, though, it seemed that his claims about the wonders of Orgon caught up with him. The FDA took him to court to prevent Orgon-related products and literature being distributed, as they believed it was fraud of the first magnitude. Reich was later convicted of contempt of court and sentenced to two years imprisonment. His designs were also completely destroyed. Conspiracy theorists have said that the FDA wanted Reich to keep quiet about the potential of the Cloudbuster. So what do you think about that? Family Guy did an episode about the Cloudbuster, didn't they? No way. 
It's like the first series or something. Stewie makes a um, a weather controlling device so that yes, it, so that broccoli can't grow and he doesn't have to eat broccoli anymore. Yes, I remember. That's like the first episode, isn't it? Because it's like his like uh, yeah, really know, his animal toy where it spins yeah, around like, and yeah, yeah. It, it must have been early. But okay, so that's like a a weather controlling device because there was a hell of a lot of drought. There was a drought, and he created a weather controlling device. Uh, that could summon water, I guess. Do you think it actually worked? Well, I mean, well. he got put in prison, so probably. <laughs> Had to hush him. <laughs> That's conclusive proof. The thing right? is, you think weather, what could you do with weather control? Fucking lot. Control the fucking weather. Yeah, you could end the world. <laughs> end the world. You could end the world's problems with lots of... Uh, no, to be honest, as soon as you start meddling, that the world's fucked. The world yeah. will shake you off like a disease if you start trying to take control of the weather. That's what's going to happen. Talking about controlling weather, have you seen the amount of videos of, like, you know, the hurricane, the recent hurricane in uh, Florida and the Bahamas? Right. Uh, have you seen the amount of videos of, and I, I would like to believe that they're they're like doctored videos. They're just like put together, but I don't think they are. Um, people claiming that if they if they shoot at the hurricane, yeah, uh, that will cause the hurricane to go. No, and um, there's another guy that said, well, if there's if hurricane if hurricane is just a load of hot air, we've got uh, we've got an air force. Why can't we just get them to take a load of ice and drop the ice into the hot air? That will stop the hurricane. Then want to nuke the hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. That would teach it. Basically, don't mess with it. Yeah, the just stay out of his way. Too powerful. Well, stay out of people's way because obviously they want to fucking nuke weather. You can't. That bad. <laughs> you can't stop a hurricane. You can't stop a force of nature. Yeah, exactly. You just have to observe it. That's why. That's why you can't stop weird tales. I, I think shooting a gun at it is as good a plan as any. Because it's fun. I'd like to see the bullet spin round. I thought you were going to say if you shoot at it, it was so fast it would spin it back at you at the same speed. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> and people no. tried this and, and died. That's a better story. Yeah, I was going to do an episode on this at some point. Um, <laughs> shooting into hurricanes. I was going to look at uh, the instances of... Uh, Weather being changed in the Bible to see if it's scientifically... So taking, like, the splitting of the Red Sea and stuff like that. Okay. Miss Mackie tried this. Miss Mackie was trying to explain this to us. What? <laughs> Miss Mackie. Shout out to uh, our old RS teacher. Miss Mackie. She might be dead. Uh, nah. Nah. Well, she might She might be. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> she might be. Just couldn't live with the theory that she isn't. She might be. Anyway. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, so we don't know if it worked or not then. Uh, I think well, it did. That's why they imprisoned him. <laughs> but why would they imprison Because surely... How, Didn't they like, say it did work? But how could they prove that that was what caused it? Like, how how do we know the drought just didn't just end? Because it's been ages and then the device turns up. It's just it's a bit too... Bit of a coincidence, isn't it? <laughs> bit of a coinky dink, isn't it? Yeah, better lock him up. <laughs> better lock him up, mate. Lock him up. Because he's on to a, a multi-billion pound 
industry there, selling that to governments, you could end famine. Yeah. No, like Tiss says, you try and do that, something will, you know, cock up somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. The world's all about balance. But you could, industries could use it to make more money though. You know, umbrella company, make it, get that weather control, Uh, make it rain all the time. Oh, they'll make money (laughs) short term, but it's long term. That's going to ruin them but then i guess they're probably using it <laughs> don't want to rain on their parade <laughs> they probably just suppressed the idea and, and kept it for themselves but anyway that was that was the cloud buster cloud buster so wait a second why is it why is it called the cloud buster if just a cool name because he's busting out a big old cloud yeah, he's going to bust out a big rainy cloud on that drought. Busting drown. out a cloud. Busting out one of those clouds. <laughs> I'm busting out a cloud. Uh, there's another little one uh, which I've got a little bit of information on. Probably not as much as other topics, but worth a mention anyway. Uh, cigarettes that are healthy were invented. They're called carrots. Uh, no, someone actually invented around the time uh, cigarettes were riding high. They uh, created a cigarette that was healthy, that had less carcinogens. All right. But when you say healthy, do you mean just better for you? Yeah. Like better than a normal cigarette or actually good for you? Way, yeah, uh, yeah. so n- not bad for you. Uh, right. I don't know about health-wise. Like, like neutral. But, yeah, kind of neutral. As neutral as you can get. Um, so like a cigarette light? Yeah. Huh. Um, but I mean, I can see why that didn't take off because if you want to smoke, you're not really bothered about you doing it because you're addicted to it, right? Yeah, but uh, also it looks cool. Yeah, it does look cool. Smoking is cool. It could look exactly the same though. They were st- they still you still smoked it. It's still lit, but it just it didn't have as many carcinogens. Right, uh, it had a different recipe, but it was suppressed by the tobacco industry. I'm actually surprised that that hasn't been a thing like with all this like stop smoking and all that stuff to like wean you off i'm surprised that hasn't been like a they haven't worked at making them better for you well you know why it's because they probably wouldn't you would know the difference wouldn't you like it, it, you would you you would taste the difference it wouldn't it might not yeah but like have the same effect on your body you say the same thing about if you went like vegan or something you can taste the difference between like a soy sausage and a pork sausage but you adjust yeah yeah pretty much yeah all right <laughs> giving it all that add some soy sausages for my dinner i uh i've been eating the shroom dogs from sainsbury's let me tell you oh really indistinguishable oh god the Cumberland ones. The Cumberland ones, if you have them with like a, a mash and peas, homemade gravy, perfection. I had a leek and potato hash with horseradish for it and chopped up some soy sausages in it for dinner. Oh. It's good. Jeez. Uh, I've got the video of the cigarette one. It might shed some more light on the, uh, the situation. Okay. We all know smoking can cause cancer, so what's needed? Cigarettes without the carcinogens, of course. Well, they already exist. Well, kind of. In the 1960s and 70s, the Liggett and Myers Tobacco Company worked on a product that practically eliminated carcinogens, creating a healthier alternative to conventional cigarettes. Codenamed XA, the project was intended to regain lost market share, but would never make it that far. Why? Because rival tobacco firm Philip Morris allegedly threatened to eliminate it if they tried. According to Dr. James Mould, the research director on the project, 
marketing the XA would have been an admission that cigarettes were harmful. This would therefore have broken the gentleman's agreement between the big tobacco companies that any evidence to suggest cigarettes were harmful had to be suppressed. Mm. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. They tried to take on the big boys, and by then it's too it's too much of a big business, isn't it? Smoke one, well, maybe not so much anymore. I was thinking about this this morning, right? Go on. As we left for work this morning, um, just driving out, of which is probably like less than a minute, um. We saw three people stood on the side of the road smoking, and it looks so weird. Yeah. I do notice less people do smoke now. Yeah, it, it, it's more jarring. Have you seen uh, the attack in America on vaping now, though? So you say the tobacco companies have lost it, but they're still trying. I've heard that there's been some actual negative side effects revealed now from vaping. Like, now people have done it for longer periods. It's like the effects it actually does have... Are coming out. Yeah, such as? I, I haven't read it. I just heard about it. Come oh. on. What are you hate me for? No. And click on an article. It's interesting to, <laughs> to see if it actually is. Because I, I know people who vape and not, uh, obviously, like, nothing's happened to them. But, uh, like, I trust that they've looked into it enough. And from what they've said, it's just like, it's all spin and bullshit and mm. a distraction. Because it's... The stuff they're saying is is stuff that came out years ago, but was never a problem. They've just tr- sort of spun it. I don't know. But do you think people would say the same things when they started saying cigarettes were harmful? Maybe, but I don't think vape the vape industry. The vape industry is a massive industry, but I think there's a massive dog in the fight with cigarettes going and not having the grip on that new market. Mm. If they had the grip on the new market, I think they'd let it go gracefully but i think the vape market is such a free-for-all of independent people making those things uh yeah i don't know i don't know my cynical side says that it's something to do with the tobacco companies uh, i actually really don't like the, the smell of the really like sickly sweetie vapes that well like stick sticky toffee apple or something yeah and, like tooty fruity and stuff like i walk in through i'm like oh just go and eat some sweets like when i walk past someone <laughs> yeah. i'm like what why don't you just go and eat a packet of sweets it's, it's i don't really don't like that smell um beef do you want me to beep out when you said the name of where you live <laughs> uh yeah sure yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> but do you know what i, I think like Going back to the the way society's changed, they used to. I remember going into a restaurant with mum and dad, and they go, "Where do you want to sit, smoking or non-smoking?" Yeah, weird, so weird that that used to yeah. be part of our society, and like pubs as well. Pubs would be like absolutely teeming. I, it was so noticeable, obviously, where I grew up in uh, in a village. Had a village friend whose parents ran a ran a pub. And it was it was it was really weird when the law came in because like you used to go downstairs and the pub was just like haze, and then yeah the next week it was just it was crazy it was so weird. It's interesting how it's like some places there's only a few places in Europe that still haven't gone completely through with the smoking ban yet, and um, yeah. Austria is one of them. So when obviously I spent a lot of time in, in Vienna and all the pubs there are really smoky still. You open it and it is like Jesus. I'll go somewhere else because it's like too overpowering i can't believe it's just like a cloud of smoke but that i think they're actually they've given up they've put bought the ban in now i think they're one of the last countries in europe to do it wow what do you guys think about um just curious to see what you guys think about this this whole thing of 
uh, I guess, policing products so that it's healthy. So, for example, with the smoking, it's it's you know you can't when you're selling cigarettes, you can't advertise, you can't you can't have a pack of cigarettes mm-hmm. with the like Marlboro or whatever. Um, what do you think about the same thing with like um, fizzy drinks and chocolate bars and all this? You know, the sugar content's got to be over here at least. It's it's really controlled. What do you think about that compared with the you know people are buying these products because they want they know they're bad for them. They just yeah. want to eat them. Yeah, but I think some people don't realize or don't think about how bad some things are for them. So it's just like I don't see any harm in a reminder like. It could be easy to get in the habit of eating, you know, something that's really bad for you really habitually and not even thinking yeah. about it. And then like, oh, why am I getting really fat? I don't really understand. But if you've got that reminding you're like, yeah, go ahead, eat this, but it is bad for you. Don't, it's just like that little reminder, like, yeah, I probably shouldn't eat like this all the fucking time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everyone has weaknesses and eats shit and, you know, I'm terrible at them. My weakness is crisps. I know crisps are bad for me, but I'm always eating crisps. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. sorry, chips, as they are in America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's... Um, I think some of it is is education. I think it's good to let children know that some foods are bad for them as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. If there's those warnings, it makes you think, oh, okay, so that some food is bad for me and some food is good for me because, you know, a lot of, a lot of children probably don't actually know that. No. So to have that knowledge... If you teach kids what food is you'd have an understanding that what the food they shouldn't be eating isn't actually food at all. It's a food imitation product. It's yeah. made to imitate real food and mm. make make this food into something that it never has or ever will be so that it tastes amazing and super tasty. But if you understood what food was and categorised the other food as food-like substance right you'd only eat a bit of it because then you'd realize that okay this is food i, I live need on some this. actual food as well that is what i live on to you know go to the cinema or i don't know enjoy like you said but to to yeah. live on people actually fucking live on food like substances and that's yeah yeah totally. me that was me <laughs> through my whole oh. life until a few years ago but yeah it so i can understand how easy it is to fall into that yeah it's in moderation isn't it but people don't understand moderation because they get told to not eat it for so long and then they get the choice to go and buy it themselves and they think well fuck it i'm gonna buy a shitload of this stuff because now i can yeah i guess so and there's no reason why i actually feel sympathy for some some people just don't like food that is good for them though yeah, no. and I kind of feel sympathy for them. Like some people, just like I fucking hate the taste of vegetables. Yeah, well, that sucks, and that, that I actually do like feel some sympathy towards that. I would definitely contest that they haven't had someone cook them vegetables in a way that is good, though. You know, yeah, maybe. I mean, I fucking love vegetables. Like, I'd say most of the time. Like, I'd say those people haven't eaten a good vegetable meal. Vegetables isn't just about, like, raw carrots and stuff. It's, like, making that veg into something lovely. Well, some of it's a cost thing as well, isn't it? There's If if you're in a... You know, if, if you're low income, mm. it, some healthy food is really expensive. Yeah. yeah. That is really, really unfortunate expensive. that, like, the, the food that's really bad for you is normally cheapest. 
I don't know, Audi. I mean, we go to Sainsbury's and we sent we spend a shitload, like thirty pound minimum for like pff, ten items or something, like just specialty items. But you go to all Audi, the, all the ones around us are Sainsbury's, and it's so expensive. Yeah, I it's have a to good, get in the car if I want to get something. It's that a good selection, but it's expensive as shit. Yeah, but you go to Audi. And I spend maximum 30 quid and I get two weeks worth of vegetables. And it's like, yeah. I could eat full vegetable meals. I drive up to um, Morrison's now, which is only 10 minutes away. And that's actually a pretty good balance. Yeah. Of like cost and, and quality. It's like sort of pretty good balance for it. Yeah, yeah. They do the, the wonky fruit, right? Yeah, yeah. I get wonky grapes from there. Wonky grapes! Which that, are just grapes. That leads us into our next <laughs> yeah. segue, actually. Uh Right, yeah, let's oh, get back to This one. is a really tangential episode, but it's been nice because our last few have been more like on point in different ways. This is very yeah, yeah. rambly. Uh, this one's about the wonky grapes that have been suppressed. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> suppressed and made into wine. Okay, I'm going into a heavy blockbuster one, the one that I've got a lot of information for, and the one that I think is actually the most interesting. I think Lids okay. was watching it and just like, this is... Mad. So, what do you know about the EV1 made by General Motors in '96? Uh, I think it was. EV. Ni- that's another Pokemon. <laughs> the EV1 uh, isn't EV. Also, the name of the girl robot in uh, Wally. Isn't it <laughs> Is Eva? Really? Oh, Eva. Yeah, me. Eva. Eva. I don't know. That's a good film. Uh, I just, he just wants to get it on with her. and uh... So the EV1, the General Motors EV1, <laughs> uh, I'll show you a picture. It's this. Right, it's a car. Nice, it just looks like a car. Nice little sports car. It's like a small Mazda. Um, yeah. uh, Tom Hanks drove it. So Did he? Hanks Meister. Didn't get that in your episodes, did you know? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> uh Right. And so the really weird tale about the General Motors EV1 is that it was created in 96. Um, it was a very well-designed car. A lot of people really loved it. Um, there was waiting lists to buy more. And uh, after a while, 1999, they uh, eventually recalled all of them and destroyed them despite protests from some of the owners that wanted to buy their EV1. They only lease sold them to begin with. Right. Uh, so they owned every one of true? them. Is this all true? This is all true. They owned every... This is, it's not even like this is a conspiracy. This is just true. This is just true. Right, okay. Uh, right. They, yeah, they recalled all of them and destroyed all of them. What, even Tom Hanks one? Every single one, yeah. <laughs> I bet Tom's got one somewhere. Uh they were super efficient. Um, this, you know, 96, this isn't 96 made a, a super efficient electric car. You forget car. how long ago 1996, 1996 was, but that is a hell of a long time ago. It's a fucking long time ago to make a, uh, I was, a, I was eight years old. A genuinely, but give us some of these, give us some features of this car. What made it so great? Economical. Economical. Uh, this have a it look. It ran on like, uh, <laughs> it ran on air. It ran on excrement. <laughs> um, Jesus, I don't know the battery life and all that, but uh, it was a petrol car, though, right? 
No, no. EV is just a completely electric car. 100% battery power. Right, okay. Um, I've got a video on it, so that will explain more maybe the uh, specs. But, yeah, so they basically recalled all of the cars, crushed them all. Um, There was actually a, a group, a contingent of owners who put up about 1.9 million in total to get the last 78 off of general motors to own them to buy them and they refused that money uh, they they quashed the car saying that there was no genuine public interest to the car despite having a waiting list and they didn't admit to having a waiting list for the, a very long time and they recently uh, mentioned the waiting list in an interview uh, saying they did have one, but they whittled it down to a smaller waiting list. So this is like the cigarettes thing again. Someone made a better version of the thing that exists, and all the other companies were like, no, 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 we we do it this way. Yeah, I mean, uh, through history, we've had electric cars, actually. Um, electric cars started... Oh, God, I don't know when I'm going to get this right or not. But it, they started a hell of a long time ago. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm covering myself. <laughs> Sounds right to me. Uh, since, since cars <laughs> have been... Long time ago. I'm pretty sure since cars have been a thing, electric cars have been a thing, you know? It's been always been like 50-50, and then gasoline cars overtook electric cars at some point. Um, and the gasoline companies have ensured their dominance ever since um i'm just gonna find there's a tram company that was bought out um by gasoline and dismantled it was uh i'm interested to hear about this because i'm i'm still not convinced by electric automobiles let's uh let's watch a video on the ev1 See if it tickles your fancy beef. See if you'd be up for buying one of these. It's it's not that I like the technology. I agree with the technology. It's the it's the lack of charging stations and how long they take to charge. In 1987, GM won the World Solar Challenge race. GM CEO Roger Smith challenged the same design team to build a prototype for a practical electric car. To drive the motor for all the different driving conditions. Allen's breakthrough power system helped create an electric car unlike any that had ever been driven before. I had one of those early EV ones and I used it here in the capital. I love the car. Believe it or not, that sucker goes. That thing will take you down the PCH so fast you can get a ticket. They were quiet and fast, produced no exhaust, and ran without gasoline. And we started seeing the momentum building for this and the waiting lists being created for these cars. Ten years later, these futuristic cars were almost entirely gone. GM spokesman Dave Barthmas has worked for GM for nearly ten years. We spent in excess of one billion dollars to drive this market, to build the market. We would sit down with Hal Reine or with executives from GM and make, you know, how far, how fast, how much? These are the three questions we're getting. Please put it in the advertising. It's not rocket science. And they would go back and do the exact opposite. So we started this waiting list in order to prove demand to GM. But no matter how many people we got on that list, it was never considered enough demand. We have heard about these long waiting lists. We contacted each of those folks and we whittled that list down. Only recently did they finally admit that there actually was a waiting list. And we whittled that list down. We were having uh, a lunch in the executive dining room at the uh, GM Tech Center one day. 
and just the two of us, and he leans over to me and he says, Dobbles, you know something? You're my worst enemy. And I said, why's that? And he said, well, I'm out there lobbying to show that there's no demand for electric vehicles, and you're out there proving me wrong. As car companies made the case there was no demand, GM quietly closed its EV1 assembly line and began laying off its sales force. They started with the ones with the most the biggest waiting list. Studying General Motors practices over the years, the executives at the top, their motto seemed to have been going backwards into the future. When I noticed that GM was losing interest was when I wanted to release my car and they wouldn't let me. They didn't give me an option to buy. They said, thank you for leasing the car. Turn bye -bye. it in now. Turn it in That's by it. such and such a date or you're going to be held liable. GM did do it right. They did create a great, great car. It's well engineered, it's well designed, and it's enjoyable to drive. I've never seen a company be so cannibalistic about its own product before. It's, it's, it's such an odd experience. Flew over at General Motors, and looking down, we could see right next to the racetrack where the EV1 was first tested, we saw, I don't know, maybe 50 EV1s uh, crushed and put on top of semi-flatbeds. The fate of the last 78 EV1s remained in doubt. Chelsea led a last-ditch effort to buy the cars from GM. Okay, General Motors contends that no one wants these EV1s here. Would anybody be willing to buy them for the residual price of the lease? And within 48 hours, over 80 people had signed up. And there were only 78 cars in that lot, and already we had a waiting list for a car that wasn't available. Join me in holding this check, offering $1.9 million to General Motors to put these cars back on the road. Despite the offer, GM did not respond. Carmakers argued that there was not enough demand for the electric car. And we whittled that list down. Claiming to have spent millions of dollars on advertising, they said buyers weren't interested. $1.9 million to General Motors. As General Motors, 40, 50 years ago, bought up the trolley systems and shut them down, uh, the oil companies have opposed the creation of an electric infrastructure. I made the case at the General Motors board that the reason for the EV1 was to give General Motors a very big head start. They could not understand how Toyota could possibly make a profit out of the Prius, for example. They were going to lose their shirt. As it gave enormous incentives to buy SUVs, the federal government also sued California to stop the electric car. It's David versus Goliath in a very big way. But if there are enough Davids in the world, we can win. The last EV1s in the Burbank lot were taken away and destroyed. It will go down as one of the biggest blunders in the history of the automotive industry. We all have to adapt to change. Let's build new industries. Let's make America strong again. We shred the car, about a car a minute, 1,000 cars a day on a good day. And what's interesting, the first thing we noticed when we drove up here you're going to be shredding some new cars here, too. These look like perfectly good cars. Why are you shredding them up? Hmm. What do you think to that? Interesting. It's, uh, yeah, again, it's pretty, uh, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's, it's unfortunately just oil is big business, isn't it? Do you think that's like what it was? incredibly big business. Yeah, definitely. Really? That's no, that's no good, you know, and, it pretty much put an end if it was as good as they claim it was yeah that's that's going to put an end to oil that's the amount of money that's in oil and 
pretty much every government in the Western world has, you know, a huge amount to gain from the oil market. You want to close that down as quickly as possible, which is maybe why now the 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 more successful electric cars we get are the hybrids, aren't they? The ones that you still put fuel in. Mm. Um, yeah, interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. So, Tiz, would you have an electric car if you could afford one? Yeah, probably. Too expensive, aren't they? Way too expensive. Like, I just... Yeah, it's hard. I, I'd probably sooner give up a car. But I can't really for my job at the moment, which sucks. Yeah, I've gone I've gone back the other way now. I was, like, driving my car less and less and actually really enjoying a life without a car, especially when I was over in Vienna and I had, I didn't need one there. And I thought, if I move to a city, I won't need a car. So now I moved to Leeds and used my car so little. Yeah. And now I've got this new job and I drive every fucking day, miles. I absolutely loved when I first moved to Bristol. I didn't have a car. Um, yeah. When I got back and it was just amazing. I loved it. Yeah. Um. So I wish I didn't need one. I think um, if and when I eventually move back to Vienna, I definitely won't have a car there. Yeah. Because the public transport system's so good. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. If if you've got uh, a public transport system that works and actually, you know, it needs to be better, it needs to be more attractive than just having a car. The public transport system in this country really is not great. It's not reliable enough and it's also very expensive. It's very expensive. It's not reliable and it's not as, you know, the, the, the great thing about having a car is, is being able to have complete freedom over... Mm. Um, when you leave and you know you're not having to you can go the way you want to go uh, mm. you know that was that was the one thing you know that I hated getting a bus every day and I wanted to enjoy it I wanted I wanted it to not be such a big deal but it is it just really is you know when you've already had a long day at work and then yeah you like even if the amount of times you get to the bus stop and you're like, oh, cool, the next one's in 10 minutes. Like, that's no big deal. I can wait 10 minutes. And then 45 minutes later, it's still not there. Yeah. Because you went for a long time relying on the buses, didn't you, Beefy? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's only recently, like, since I started this new job that... And, and I'm, I still don't have my own car. I'm, you know, I'm, well, I, I can drive, but, um, you know, Rachel drops me off, which is... Well, me and Becky you know, share now as well. Like, we we always had our own cars and now we share and it's kind of little bit of logistical planning involved yeah yeah and it's i think it's it's doing your bit for the planet but i think it's just about being more responsible you know i think in you know in all honesty having two cars would be so much easier for us oh my god if i could have another parking space here I, that's the problem here in this in the flats like i've got nowhere to park i live right in the middle of the city so it's not like i can leave it on the street or anything no so i've got nowhere to to leave to have another car yeah yeah that sucks yeah uh but yeah you're right it's i think that's what surprised me the most uh whenever we've done traveling in europe is how much better european public transport and i think that's why europeans struggle and actually in the states it is as well they struggle to understand they're like why can't you just you know when you just hop on the train or just you know i guess like go to london i suppose you know the tube's pretty good it's yeah you know the tube's fine but i could never like when rachel was at uni and i used to get on the train to go visit her i mean that was just diabolical 
it's like always like way too rammed. So I, I would get on the bus. Sorry, I would get on the train in Oxford and then um, get the train towards Wales. And it wasn't until I got to pretty much like Cardiff that I would be able to sit down. Pretty much have to just stand up on the train for yeah, no a good. couple of hours because they just sold too many tickets. It's nuts. That's mad. Even Corbyn had to sit in the aisles, mate. <laughs> Tis, what? Uh, <laughs> Tis, what? Uh, have you ever had to? You haven't really, have you? You've never really had to rely on buses and stuff. No, no. I've driven since since I was about eighteen. Yeah, no. So I passed my test just before we went to Amsterdam, Bob. Oh right, yeah, um, yeah. So just before I went turned eighteen, uh, yeah. I've been sent on the road in vans since then, and yeah, driven ever since. But I yeah. don't enjoy driving. I don't mind. I don't it. enjoy it. I don't mind it. I can switch off on long journeys. I feel like people are far too way. impatient, and it's not like an enjoyable experience anymore because people are just assholes. I just pretend I'm a red blood cell and I've just got a fall in line. I just lose the ego. <laughs> I just, if someone cuts me up, I'm just like, cool. Just, you know, why I'm not, I, I'm, as I get older, I'm not a fast driver anymore at all. No. I, I drive really, really sensibly, almost boringly. I can accelerate a little bit fast sometimes if I'm uh, trying to get somewhere quickly. <laughs> That's how <Yeah>. it works. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, uh, I won't break the speed limit, but I'll, uh, you know, for instance, drive somewhere fast if I want to get somewhere quick. <laughs> Tis, Romania comes to mind. Oh, God, Romania. I loved it. I loved it, mate. I was in my element. Mate, we didn't. I loved Me Romania. Me and Bobby didn't. Yeah, he loved it. <laughs> We're still alive. Doing hairpins around the corners. Mate, I was just, uh, when, in, when in Rome, innit? When in, when in Rome, Ania. When in Brasov. <laughs> when in Brasov. <laughs> when in Brasov. Drive, drive like a Brasovonian. <laughs> anyway, so the GM Motors EV1. Yes, so I think we've covered that. Uh, I think that's, yeah, pretty crazy. A lot of testimony to say that it's a great car. Well, if Hank says it, it's good enough for me. You know, 96... 96 what's been going on since 96 that you know okay maybe they suppressed that one but if that was the technology back then why is it not improved yeah where's the ev2 where's the ev2 exactly uh but here's an even more crazy one uh an even cleaner way to drive uh have you ever heard of the water-powered car stanley meyer no no, I haven't heard of the Walton Howard car, Stanley Meyer. So, Stanley Meyer is a gentleman who invented the water fuel cell, uh, which is basically a fuel cell which, a uh, high voltage, separates the hydrogen from the water and then uses the hydrogen to burn in an engine. And hydrogen powers the engine. It's basically a hydrogen-powered car. Uh, but using water as the hydrogen element. Is that not dangerous, though? No. Well, I mean, apparently not. Um, <laughs> apparently not. He developed <laughs> a car. He had, like, uh, investors wanting to pay billions for the patents on his car. Oh, uh, yeah. And he was... Well, he died in 
suspicious circumstances. He I was, was going to say, was it suspicious? At a meeting with investors uh, or potential investors. And he suddenly died from a bullet to the head. Apparently ran out of the <laughs> restaurant shouting, they've poisoned me, and then collapsed and died. So, yeah, he actually... He claimed they poisoned his drink? Uh, he died screaming, they poisoned me, apparently. Eyewitnesses say. Wow. Uh, but uh, the doctors say he died of uh, high blood pressure and cerebral aneurysm. Of course he did. Because the doctors were paid off, weren't they? So, yeah, crazy. Water-powered car. Uh, and it was on the news and everything. Like, it was everywhere. So, do you want to watch a little video about the water-powered car? Let's do it. I want a water-powered car. <laughs> Only if it's good. It's a major breakthrough that will no doubt make motorists happy. And as Ralph Robinson explains, the Pentagon is also showing lots of interest in this project. U.S. inventor Stan Myers released his water-powered car engine in 1988. The Pentagon flew on the Lieutenant Colonel in last week to look at Myers' invention. There's talk of possibly using it in the Star Wars defense program and to run army things. Myers found it virtually impossible to secure financial backing after certain Pentagon officials paid him a visit. A number of similar inventions were developed and tested all around the world. My best friend was killed over this matter. There's a chap here, about 10 minutes away from here, driving. He has been running his car on water since 1986, with the government's permission, provided that he keeps his mouth shut. And with regular intervals, using his own words, they keep warning him to keep his mouth shut. One of our um, colleagues who have been running car on the water for the 10-year period now, he's, he reckons that it's 26 times more powerful than petrol. a better mousetrap, you know, the world may be the path to your door. If you in invent a free energy machine, there'll be a path be to your door, but you don't want those people there. One of the pivotal people that uh, I encountered early in my uh, career was Edgar Mitchell, the astronaut. Lift off. Lift off. Edgar J. Mitchell, an Apollo mission astronaut, founded the Neuretics Institute in Southern California. The Institute's charter was supposedly to develop alternative energy systems by attracting inventors from all over the country. Mitchell became extremely interested in De Palma's end machine. He made De Palma a paltry offer to buy out the invention which De Palma naturally refused. He said to me that uh, if I ever tried anything on my own in California, I would get my head blown off. So I was scared to death. The CIA operates through various very innocent looking fronts to find out what people are thinking and, and what they're inventing. Now, what's more innocent than a benign institute founded on transcendental principles to help new age inventors bring free energy into the world? And that situation still exists in the United States today where a person that really understands what's going on just can't get their idea out because the alternative science and medical fields have been co-opted by the intelligence services. And he converted this little engine to run on water. This is many, many years ago. And he used it for several years. And somehow the news got out, and one day he got visitors, and he was told to dump the engine or else. Three weeks later, the man was dead. 
the coroner's finding was that he fell off the back of a train. He was drunk. Now, it happened that he didn't drink. Even Dr. Townsend T. Brown, the uh, electrogravitic uh, research scientist, uh, has on his 16-millimeter film of his lab test, which we've got here, he has guys with the black suits and black hats come into the place. You can see where the legends come from. I mean, uh, these guys come in and they, they, they look like, you know, bad bark to black men. I mean, it's just, it's classic. And these things do happen. There is no progressive science in a world where every scientific uh, idea is evaluated for its military potential. energy and control of energy equals power in the new world order that is emerging. If you control the energy, the way we get around, the way we get electricity, the way we have our TVs and video cameras and stuff, if you do the control of the energy, then you've got control of the people. There you go. I think I understand where these people are coming from um, in that video, where it's like, you know, this guy was possibly murdered. Maybe there's technology out there. You can use water for a, to run a car or whatever. But did you find them the most like on edge, like conspiracy nuts in the world? I don't know if the music made it feel like that. Yeah, yeah, music's not helpful. It was like they were all wearing tinfoil hats. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes a lot of sense. It does make sense, but it yeah, it just wasn't. Uh, yeah, I get what you mean, Bob. It's. Um, kind of unhelpful that they yeah just like a bunch of whack jobs <laughs> whack jobs I don't know do you think he was murdered beefy no I, I don't know uh, do you think he invented a water car first of all say so here's a video of him demonstrating this nitrogen thing my claims the key is his electronics which pulses electricity rapidly across the rods up to 20,000 cycles per second. In a way that's not readily apparent, this process transforms the equation. Whereas in conventional electrolysis, three times as much energy is consumed as is produced in the form of hydrogen fuel, in Mars apparatus, the reverse is true. It appears to produce several hundred percent more energy than it consumes. How crazy is that? That was interesting to see. That was his uh, fuel... Yeah, generator at work separating the the hydrogen out. That seems. Thing is, it seems the idea behind it seems really simple and obvious to me. When when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Why hasn't someone done that? Yeah, yeah. But then the the figures are a bit too insane. Like seven hundred produces seven hundred percent more energy than it intakes. That seems too unreal to me. Yeah, I don't know. And how can that how can that be tried in how can they be confident of that, that over time that that's going to be sustained? Yeah. It's too good to be true, isn't it? Like, well, maybe it's not. The Mythbusters did a water-powered car uh, experiment. <laughs> right. Uh, there's a two-minute video, but this is by a guy who actually does believe in water fuel and shows um, his own water fuel charger and how his one compares uh, and it shows the Mythbusters actually showing that a car can run on hydrogen because they pump pure hydrogen into the engine. But it's interesting. I'll show you the video. This is the guy's video, his car. This is not Mythbusters. This is his one. Grant's hydrogen fuel cell is all about electrolysis. 
when you apply a voltage to electrodes in water, the H2O molecules split into hydrogen and oxygen. This internet patent can allegedly generate so much hydrogen that you can run a car with it. Adam's going to build the electrolysis device as detailed in the internet plans. That right there is the business end of the end of the oil monopoly, man! While Grant is concentrating on the power, it's the current through the electrodes that should cause hydrogen to be released. This should be a square wave, right now it's kind of a nasty saw tooth. After an hour of fernickety fiddling, Adam's fuel cell is connected to Grant's power circuit, and everything's ready for a test. Dude, I see bubbles. Check it out. Yeah, <laughs> it is bubbling. It's working. Hydrogen is uh, bursting forth. That's the guy's own one. Look how much hydrogen bursting out of that. Now that's hydrogen. <laughs> now that's hydrogen. That's crazy, huh? Yeah, it seems crazy. But will these tiny bubbles... Come on! <laughs> My God! It doesn't work! I can't believe it doesn't work. I found it on the internet. But to test whether a car could even run on hydrogen in the first place, the boys are going to hose some directly into the carburetor. Ready? Yeah, okay, here we go. Okay. okay. That's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I guess you could, if you had a lot of hydrogen, run your engine completely without any other modifications. So, so it's feasible. Well, what I find interesting about that is what makes me feel like it's more believable is if these idiots can, like, you know, ham one together in a garage. Surely with the technology of an actual car manufacturer and, you know, the, all those boffins at their disposal, they could uh, make a proper one. Yeah. But then it's suppressed, isn't it? Exactly. But I'm looking online now. I'm trying to find some plans. I'm going to make one. But it's hard to, it's, it's hard to tell, isn't it, whether, how reliable these things are? Because uh, they're not tried and tested. Again, it's, it's, only, it's only good if it's... Not it's it's not just got to work. It's got to be better than the alternative, which is fuel. Mm. So that's the only you know. Maybe he was murdered, and maybe some other boffins did some tests and realised he was onto some pretty good stuff. I don't know. I'm not sure. Beef, you can have an EV one or a water car. Which one do you have? Uh, EV one sounds better because Tom Hanks drove it. <laughs> I mean, who drove the water car? Hardly anyone. No one I know. Tim Allen didn't drive it, did he? If Tim Allen drove the water car and Tom Hanks drove the EV1, which one would you get? Oh, definitely the EV1. Tim yeah. Allen's a bit of a shithead nowadays. Uh, Tiss, what would you go for? Would you have a water car or the EV1? Water car? Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Water beds didn't catch on, so... Do you remember water beds were really popular? Yeah, why? Mulder from X-Files has a waterbed. Has he? Yeah, there's an episode where it leaks all over his flat. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I don't think I've ever seen a waterbed in the flesh. Really? No. My mum's got a waterbed. Really? Yeah. So weird. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really weird. They can't be comfortable. I think they've still got their waterbed. They got, they've had it... Well, they had one when I lived there. Oh, I've never seen one, never laid on one, but they just don't seem very, like, I don't know. Are they good for your back or not? It depends what kind of thing you like. People like different comforts, don't they? Mm. I like my mattress to be quite firm. Yeah, I feel like it'd be too soft to be good for your back. Yeah, far too soft. That's bad. Tiss, are you a soft mattress? <laughs> or... dying. I feel like Tiss's illness is like hitting him. Yeah. <laughs> He's been fading out for the last five minutes. I'm watching this dude power his car with water. Uh, I'm trying to find... Because, I mean, if this is such a prominent idea, then there must be lots of people who have made it to the point where there must be a lot of videos unless they're really good at suppressing people. They are, though. Yeah, bastards. (laughs) Suppressing stuff's quite hard. Have you ever tried to suppress a fart when you really... Like, that's difficult. I'm good at it, mate. I've never taken someone to court for a fart. <laughs> I feel like Tiss is really in this water water car thing. Now, next time we see him, he's going to pull up in a water car. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to have like a little, like a, like a trucker's horn, but when he pulls it, a jet of water shoots out the top. And then the next week, I'll be bumped <laughs> off. Like a whale with a blowhole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like he's forgotten he's hosting the episode and now he's just looking at how to build one. Yeah. Well, that's the episode. We've got a few honourable mentions. Um, uh, Radiant Energy by Henry Murray. Uh, that is right. taking energy from uh, the cosmic energy, as they would say. Right. Uh, and that was an interesting invention that was apparently suppressed. Uh, mm. The Rife Ray, which is a, a cancer ray. Cancer curing ray. <laughs> it gave you cancer. A cancer giving ray. A, 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 the cancer curing ray. <laughs> no wonder that didn't take off. Yeah, it's got a microwave. I think it was. Uh, I think it was the rife ray. I think I'm right in thinking. The rife ray is basically he would use real good microscopes to hone in on the actual cells and use the right resonances to. Um, to kill the bacteria. Maybe we'll go into resonances in another episode. Mm-hmm. Sounds plausible. Because resonance uh, is fairly interesting. Uh, anti-gravity. I can't remember a lot about that. So maybe that will be another episode. Uh, hemp biofuel. That is sort of self-explanatory. Hemp has been suppressed for very many years. It's very useful. So you can use hemp for anything by the sounds of it. Oh, so much. From the way people go on about it. Literally so much, apparently. It's a miracle. Uh, and biofuel is an, just just another one. Um, and obviously demonised because of its uh, use for growing marijuana. Of course, hmm. a certain genus of it doesn't actually contain THC, but that doesn't matter. But yeah, that's the episode. That, there you go. That's awesome. suppressed inventions, number one. Numero uno. Thanks, Tess. Thank you for not suppressing it any longer. <laughs> it was um, it was a really fun one. It was good to have a, a real chatty one. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. I don't know how I don't know how chatty it would have been if we weren't all like shattered. Yeah, it's like when you're tired, you actually get more chatty in a weird way. Yeah, talk more shit. 
yeah. yeah. Thanks, man. But that's good because the last two have been so sort of like focused. It's been nice to have one that's a bit more laid back. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. I think it served us that we're all quite tired. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Man, my laptop is cooking my legs alive. <laughs> so hot. Oh, this this is uh, this product's getting a bit tired. I might look into getting a new laptop. Uh oh, you haven't updated enough. It's kicking all the heat up. So you think, oh, I need a new one. It's getting fanned. So I've had this for five years now. If we're done, right, um, marriage of the week. Marriage of the week. Actually, who was our listener of the week last time? Charlotte, Charlotte Murray. Murray. She's marriage of the week this time. Yes. Because by the yeah. time this goes up, she'll be married, right? I think so. Happy <laughs> wedding day. Happy marriage, Charlotte. <laughs> I love this new feature. <laughs> I've got an engagement of the week, actually. Yeah. Uh, Luke and Cara, <laughs> my friend Luke, uh, got engaged. Well, it was an engagement party the other week. So that's engagement of the week. It's quite right. a while ago. Congratulations. Yeah, we're going to progress onto just everything of the week. I've got a uh, divorce of the week. <laughs> uh, I'm really sorry to hear that, beef. Funeral. <laughs> Strange week. way to bring this up. <laughs> um, <laughs> have we got a listener of the week? Uh, I've got a listener of the week. If we want one, go on. Yeah, we do want one. Uh, this is a bit of a cop out. Listener of the week, my brother. Oh, oh yeah, that is a cop out. Yeah, um, so Danny... Nepotism. Danny, my brother, yeah, nepotism and Weird Tales. But he's been texting me, he's been listening to Weird Tales, and he thinks the show's great. Oh, wow. It only took him, like, four years to finally listen to it. Now he has to get, like, the bus. Listener of the week. Can he have a word with his brother? Sort it out. To get the other one on? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, come on, Alf. Get involved. Get on it. Uh, but yeah, I told him I'd give him a shout out because he's been listening. So I'm going to give him more than a shout out. Dan, listen to the week, mate. Listen to the week. Listen uh, of the week. Um, so next episode, Beef's going to be hosting and then we're going to take the whole of October off because uh, I'm on holiday and Beef's having a little break. Woo! And um, yeah, just need a little bit of a break, and then we'll be back in November. Absolutely. And if you have any suggestions until then, when we come back, we'll do one, another Ghost Stories one. So we've been holding back some Ghost Stories episodes. So uh, yeah. if you've got more Ghost Stories, we've got loads, but we'll try and fit as many as we can. Um, send them to or get in contact at unexplainableuk at mail.com or go to weirdtalesandtheunexplainable.com and you can use the contact form on there. There's also a blog post for every episode, including this one on there, with all the links to the videos and things. There's also links to our Twitters, our Facebook. Uh, you can buy merch on our Tee Public. There's ways to donate via PayPal on there or coffee. And you can also go and support me and my time spent editing this show as well as my others, uh, Five Minute Folklore and Known For, the filmography podcast. Uh, you can support me at patreon.com slash bob shoy that's b-o-b-s-h-o-y for five dollars a month you also get extra shows uh, uh four extra shows a month it's really good value so go on there and check it out there's uh, lots of information on there and uh thanks to everyone who has listened to uh my relatively new podcast uh known for because i had some really nice responses from that and it's really fun to do there we go guys awesome smashed out all that gump didn't i oh yeah well done gumped the shit out of that it's like gump. i had a script the way i went through that gumped oh yeah right i'm gonna go to bed <laughs> awesome so tis needs to go to bed now and get some rest 
Yeah. Get well soon, mate. Yeah. I'm. I'm. No yeah. notice. God bless. Uh, so until next time. Bye bye. Bye bye. Love you. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye That was really fun. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.